Hello beautiful souls and welcome to Raw and Real with Sony Pelty. I'm your host Sony, your guide on this journey of love, relationships and self-discovery. Each week we dive into the heart of what makes us human, the love we give, the connections we crave and the struggles we bravely face in our quest for deeper intimacy and self-love. Here we strip away the facades. We talk openly about the joys and pains of relationships, the lessons learned from love lost and found, and the growth that comes from being authentically ourselves. Whether you are single, in a relationship, or exploring the vast landscape of your heart, this is a space for you to feel seen, heard, and understood. Join me every week as we share stories, invite experts, and offer insights that help us navigate the complex world of love. It's raw, it's real, and it's all about the most powerful force in our lives, love. Let's embark on this journey together. Welcome to Raw and Real with Sony Pelty. During the holidays, when I went to buy Christmas wrapping paper, I saw that Valentine's Day stuff was already out in stores, even before Christmas was over. That's crazy. There's so much hype and so much commercialization of Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is one of those days, like Christmas, that can really set a woman up to feel like she does not have her shit together. The thoughts going on in your head as February rolls around are probably, oh God, I hate Valentine's Day. I'm not going to have a date. Da 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 da. Or if you are married or in a relationship, you are in the expectant energy. I wonder if my husband, if my boyfriend, my partner will buy me a gift. Will he plan a romantic date? Will I get flowers? You get the drill. I have been there, so I hear you. So, this February, I invite you to bring the focus back to you. And I'm going to help you with that. I am hosting a 29-day self-love fest starting February 1st. Since February is the month of love, The focus is on Valentine's Day and the goal of this event is to have you focus on yourself and get rooted in self-love. Self-love is the foundation for all relationships in our life and when we show up in life rooted in self-love, it becomes easier to navigate the world of relationships. So, I'm offering a 29-day pop-up Facebook group where I will give you daily activities and daily practices for you to do during these 29 days. There will be breath work and meditation, and I will be in the group offering coaching to guide you through challenges and celebrate your breakthroughs. And you will get to engage with the community of women who uplift and support each other through shared experiences and triumphs. And the best part is, I will be on this journey with you. The practices that I share with you, I will be doing them as well. And it is only $29 for 29 days. So, I invite you to embrace your inner goddess this February with me. I will leave the link to join in the show notes. Okay, now let's dive into today's episode. I had a juicy conversation with somatic attachment therapy practitioner and coach Natalia Real, and I can't wait for you all to devour this conversation. Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome back to another Heart to Heart on Raw and Real with Sony Pelty. Today on the show, I have with me Natalia Real. Natalia 
is a somatic attachment therapy practitioner and love coach. She helps women heal from insecure attachment wounds, codependency, and self-abandonment so they can finally co-create healthy, fulfilling relationships. Nat is a trauma-informed and uses a holistic mind-body approach that's faster and deeper than talk therapy. Welcome to the show, Nat. I'm so excited to have you on the show and talk about somatic attachment theory and just this holistic approach to love. Thank you, Sony. I'm so excited to be here. Yay! It's rainy and dark here in Houston, and what better night to have such a heartwarming conversation about love and relationships and just a new modality, somatic um, coaching, holistic mind-body approach to relationships is still not mainstream. So I'm really excited and thrilled to have this conversation. So let's get started. Um, uh, can you share a bit about your own journey that led you to become a somatic attachment theory practitioner and love coach? Yeah, how do I make this short? <laughs> um, well, I had depression and anxiety for a long time and um, I would see talk therapists and I wasn't making very much of an improvement. And I actually ended up healing my own depression through holistic means, through yoga, through herbs, through diet changes. And so thanks to that, I was like, okay, mm, Western medicine, talk therapy, it's nice, but I don't know. And then when I had other health issues, again, Western medicine let me down. And then I kept doing talk therapy. I was very anxiously attached, mm. had awful traumatic relationships as a result. And when I eventually came across the idea of somatic work and I looked into it and I started practicing it, learning it, it created such deep and profound, long lasting shifts for me that I was like, oh my God, okay, here's another another or like the huge missing piece what I what was left for me to find that talk therapy wasn't covering right that back when I had had depression medication wasn't covering the mainstream things weren't working and I feel like they're still not working and those of us who are lucky enough to find these sort of these gems these secrets right like somatic therapy and tantra mm -hmm. things that most people don't know about we're so privileged and I'm so excited to be speaking with you about it today so we can help more people find out about them. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, when I got divorced and I stepped into the dating world and I was looking for um, healing and love and relationship coaches, um, the coach that I hired didn't do somatic work it was just, yeah. it wasn't talk. It was, well, you can say it, it wasn't therapy. It was coaching, uh, which is still like forward moving, but yet it's all talk. It's right. all, um, neck up, right? Right. My first coach too. Yeah. Yeah. So I did make huge strides. My life improved, but when I got into the world of somatic healing and I got trained to be a trauma-informed coach myself, a whole new world opened up and I was like, oh mm -hmm. my God, <laughs> where has right. this been all my life, right? And also you mentioned something about um, you having, previously having an anxious attachment style. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like a lot of mainstream therapists and even coaches don't really talk about attachment styles. They give these um, strategies, do, do this to get a man and do that and <laughs> don't chase, don't uh, lean back, be in your feminine energy. And all that is wonderful. But when we have something like 
attachment style, and we'll get into that. I would like for you to share more about that. But when we are unaware of how, like, you know, our childhood relationships transform our adult relationships, and we're not aware of all of those things, we can do those strategies, we can show up differently, but something in us still keeps us stuck and we keep attracting the same kind of people, right? So let's talk more about um, attachment styles since you brought up like you used to be anxious attachment style. And I never did the quiz back then, but I'm pretty sure I was anxious as well. (laughs) So can you talk more about um, insecure attachment style? anxious like what are different attachment styles let's start with that yeah so woo, big topic so yeah. exciting okay <laughs> yeah and I just want to address what you said earlier that yeah there are a lot of people teaching us coaching strategies but a lot of people still can't bring themselves to do them or maybe they'll try it once or twice but they can't keep it up and that's because at the root in their system, they're still that still doesn't resonate with them. It's still not aligning with their internal experience. And that somatic part is how we update the internal experience. Absolutely. <laughs> how we get the body to catch up with the mind, in yes. other words. You can do all sorts of affirmations. I am beautiful. I am pretty. I am desirable. Like, you know, everything that the coaches give you to change your limiting beliefs and mindset. Um, yet when your mind and body are not um, aligned and there is no, that synchronicity is not there, right? The coherence is not there. We don't see results, right? Right. It's like, you're just saying the words and it could even be harmful because you don't believe it. Right, right. And then you end up thinking, is something wrong with me? This is working for everybody else, but not me, right? (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. So going into attachment styles, I'll start with anxious since that's what I was. And it sounds like maybe that's what you were as well. And that's when we feel very, very insecure. We're always looking for reassurance from our partners. We tend to have a very deep um, abandonment wound and abandonment fear that our partner is going to leave. And so it's very, very common for us to be codependent and to self-abandon and do whatever it takes to get that partner to stay with us, even if the relationship is unhealthy, which it usually is. Yes. So that has to do with our childhood and what got imprinted on us, whether we were babies or toddlers or it happened later. And some people might grow up secure, but then have a traumatic relationship as adults and become anxiously attached. That can happen as well, although it's less common. So then on the opposite spectrum, opposite end of the spectrum, we have avoidance. Avoidance are afraid of intimacy. They're afraid of closeness. So where anxious people are always looking for more closeness and more intimacy, avoidance get freaked out by it. They find safety in isolation. They're the hyper-independent. I don't need help. I don't want help. I got this. <laughs> yes. yes. case. Would you add anything to those <laughs> before I keep going? Oh, absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. Um, I do want to highlight, though, that um, the attachment style we have is dependent on our early childhood relationships. Won't you say that? Absolutely. And um, they can be healed. So we're not stuck. Yes. Right? You, I would say yes. And typically, though, you would have to intentionally want to do oh, the work absolutely. to heal it. <laughs> like, first, it's awareness, knowing that there is something called a ch- attachment uh, theory out there, right? Um, I wasn't even aware of that till much, much later, I'd already was deep into my um, healing journey. um, And yet I wasn't aware of attachment theory. But when I got aware of it, I'm like, oh, that makes so much sense. Right? It's, it didn't start with me. I'm not broken. No, exactly. And so the awareness is the first thing. Yeah, 
I, I was in a very similar situation. I was like, how come I'm so miserable all the time? How come I keep going on dates and thinking that he's the one after one or two dates? Right. And then he leaves. Then he breaks up with me or he ghosts. That's actually what led me to hire my first love coach. And that's she taught me about attachment styles. This was in 2015. Right, right. And that was so validating. And I was like, right. oh my God, I'm anxious and right. I'm attractive avoidant men because my father, obviously. Right, <laughs> right. Classic. Right, right. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, um, when in my previous marriage, I would constantly be asking my ex, um, do you love me? Mm. You- needing that validation. And that's one of the um indicators of the uh, anxious attachment style, correct? Like wanting Absolutely. the difference again and again. And also like um, when um, I was dating, I would just like do like the people pleasing, the overgiving, the wanting that validation that, you know, why didn't you text me? Why didn't you call me? Blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, all those things. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I I tested myself again. I took the quiz again, and it was now I know I am secure attachment style. But you know, those things like there are certain situations that trigger um, yeah. me trying to go back. You know, having those kind of um, urges to again requiring that confirmation but now I'm aware I'm like uh 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 we are going back to you know that anxiousness or you know that needing confirmation yeah it's so interesting how different people can trigger different attachment strategies right you might notice that you you behave in a more avoidant way with some people and in an anxious way with others and in a secure way with others. So there's kind of an overarching attachment style that we have, but different people can trigger different strategies from us. Totally, totally. So, you know, like many of our listeners are on a journey of um, self-love and healing because like, I feel like self-love is such a huge piece to attract healthy romantic love, right? Yes. So from your expertise, like in healing insecure attachment wounds, be it anxious, be it avoidant, uh, what are some key steps that women can take to start healing and prepare for healthy relationships? Well, I'm really happy you touched on that love piece because, you know, I see more and more people saying you don't need to love yourself to find love. Mm-hmm. And while that may be true, I believe that you do need to love yourself to get to that the deepest, most genuine love that you can co-create because otherwise you will self-abandon. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you will settle. Right. Otherwise you will do things that aren't super true to you. Otherwise you might meet someone who is the most amazing partner for you, but a part of you will believe you don't deserve them. And so you will push them away. You will pick fights. You will run away. So it's just a lot harder to build incredible, extraordinary love if you don't love yourself. Right. So, yeah, I think some people disagree on that. That's definitely my stance. And so, you know, a lot of people, a lot of us, especially if we have an insecure attachment and we didn't even talk about anxious avoidance that's another insecure style right and then of course they're secure but so any insecure attachment is an an attachment that is not secure right um I think a lot of us with an insecure attachment who struggled with it will struggle with self-love and so maybe what we can start with is self-respect that might be more Mm -hmm. attainable more of a first step more of like a self-honoring self recognizing, starting to check in with ourselves. I think so many of us go about our day on automatic and that's part of the problem. And part of that healing is coming home to ourselves and starting to check in with ourselves and okay, 
how am I feeling? How's my body feeling, right? When we start doing the somatic work and we start getting in touch with how am I breathing? How is my posture? What do I feel in my body? We can start attuning and better understanding what our body is telling us. I believe the body knows what the mind only guesses, that the body knows like 80% and the mind knows like 20% of what's going on. But most of us just don't know how to access our body yet for that wisdom. Yes, yes. And I'm so happy you said that because like you said, I've, I would say like 90% of us are disconnected with our bodies. Oof, yeah, I would agree. <laughs> what you said was so beautiful. Like, can we first thing in the morning connect with ourselves? Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I was learning, I mean, it's been a long journey for me to not, I, well, first to get to secure attachment and then to keep refining things, right? Like how to better ask for what I need without fear. Because when I used to ask for it as a child, you know, it wasn't a good time. And one of the things that I did, I created this ritual for myself Every morning I would sit down with some tea, with my notebook, and I would be like, okay, what does my body need right now? Mm-hmm. And I would just sit and listen, check in with my body, and yeah. then be like, okay, and how can I give myself what I need? How can I give my body what I need today? Do I need to take a bath? Do I need to cancel plans? Do I need to be around more people, get some co-regulation going. Mm-hmm. What do I need? But without that checking in, we just don't make time for it. Everybody's busy. Everybody's stressed out. So we have to be very intentional and prioritize that connection with ourselves. Yes. And you said, asking myself, what do I need? Mm. So many of us don't even know what we need. Good point. Especially growing up when we were told your needs don't matter. Like, why do you need this? Why are you asking for this? Like, we were made to feel something is wrong with us when we voiced our needs, shared what we wanted, right? So just even sitting down with ourselves and giving ourselves the permission to have needs. Yeah. And I feel like that's one of the places where we as coaches can make such a huge difference to our clients. Like I have a client I've been working with and he struggles with that too. I mostly coach women, but this is a man. And so inside the session, I really have to encourage him to be like no but what do you prefer and very simple things right like if we're dropping in with a somatic exercise do you want to be sitting or do you want to be standing and he might still be like oh I don't know you know and I'm like no but you know let's check in like we can do whatever you want this time is for you and it's really it's such a gift that we give to our clients to bring them back to that space where they can learn to prioritize themselves they can learn to start listening again to what they need if they didn't learn how to do that as children because it wasn't safe or it wasn't modeled to them right right and something that just came up for me um while you were sharing that it's um what do i need uh, there is so much out there in the world from coaches from therapists sending this message that um, don't be too needy. And I feel there is a um, subtle, yes, we, we we need to know how to take care of our own needs. So there's a difference when somebody who is wounded, somebody who hasn't done the trauma healing work and they show up um, expecting their partner to take care of all their needs, that's different versus when you are um, taking care of yourself, you are healing, you 
are taking accountability for yourself and how you show up, then expressing the needs that you have is very important. Because I feel when we take that message as, oh, don't show up as needy in relationships, we forget to communicate that our needs. And I feel that sets us up for failure in relationships. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, that's so interesting. I think human beings are, we are needy period. Like we are, that our species is needy, right? Like, and so there's definitely a difference between someone who hasn't done any healing and their needs are overblown because they cannot meet their own needs. And somebody who knows how to self-regulate, who knows what they need, how to ask for it. And then they ask for that and they're asking for reasonable things. Right. Right. That's a very big difference. But additionally, that said, I think there will be the partners who are wrong for us might think that what we're asking for is too much. Whereas yes, a partner who we're compatible with will be like, of course you need that. And of course I'm going to give you that. Thank you for letting me know that's what you need. Yes. Yes. And I feel like that there's so much power in stepping into a relationship and saying, here is what I desire. These are my needs. I am taking care of myself and giving this to myself. And I would love for you to do the same for me. There's so much power in coming from that space, right? Yes. And it's such a beautiful opportunity for your partner to show up for you too, when you're both showing up from a grounded place, when you're both doing your inner healing on an ongoing basis. Right, right. right. It's such a huge difference to date someone who has who is getting coaching or therapy and has been doing it for a long time versus someone who has never had that or maybe had it four years ago. It's a world of difference. Absolutely. hundred percent. And um, it's an ongoing thing, right? It's like you said, somebody who has done it four years back versus somebody who is doing it now. It's like a forever journey. And like you had mentioned earlier, certain people trigger certain things in us that have been lying dormant and have never surfaced. Mm-hmm. And um, if we stop our healing, thinking, oh, I've done it once and it's done, that keeps us stuck too. I think it's forever journey. We heal one part of ourselves. At least I've seen that in my journey. I heal one part of me and then something else surfaces up to be healed hey I'm here you're not done yet (laughs) definitely it's like the new parts are ready and in my experience it's we cannot heal everything in one lifetime I think so many of us have ancestral trauma generational and so I think that's why it's not something that you can just do and be done with. Sure, you can take breaks, maybe for six months, maybe even a year. I always find myself coming back after maybe six months if I took a break. Okay, yeah, I'm ready to do the next layer of healing. Things are coming up. I want to go really deep, but I'm. that's how I am too. I think not everyone is like that. A lot of us, probably you too. It's like, I want to heal next layer. Yes, I feel so free. This is amazing. Oh my God, what's next? Let's keep going, right? And you feel freer and your relationships are better and you're more confident and happy and there's more abundance coming into your life and you can receive it, all of these things. But not everyone has that kind of courage. And what do you think? Oh, 100%. Uh, I was having a conversation with my husband the other day and I'm like, Tell me, I, you know, tell me what it is that is, um, you need from me differently than how I'm showing up now. I'm like, I'm looking for people to share with me, bring to light what needs to be healed. And I will not say, tell me what's wrong with me, but Tell me how I can show up better for you. Because for me, 
that means I'm going to live a more elevated, more freer life. Wow. Like excited. Hey, bring it on. Like you said, right? How? Yeah, what a question. What a gift. More. Like it's, it's a kind of celebration for me. Yes. <laughs> I love that. It's like, it's hard. It's not, it's not easy, right? All these yeah. things that surface up for us, these wounds that come up to surface to be healed. It brings us to our knees sometimes. Literally. <laughs> right? And yeah. yet it's such a joyful thing for me that yes, one more thing I get to heal. One more thing I let to tr- get to, to transmute, right? Oh, a hundred percent. And does your husband know how lucky he is to have a wife who will ask him that freaking question? Because he better have to replay this piece for him so that he can listen to this. <laughs> yes. And he should be asking you the same question. And, yeah. And you know, I feel like I am lucky too, to have a man who is, um, committed to his own healing journey, yes. right? Awesome. Yes. For those men who show up for us. Woo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> love those men. Love those men. Yes. My so, partner's the same. I yes, love it. Yes. Yes. So um, going back to uh, somatic coaching, somatic healings, um, like you use somatic practices in your coaching with your clients, right? So could you give our listeners like a simple somatic exercise that they could try at home to enhance their relationships with themselves and with others, not just uh, romantic partners, but like in friendships, in uh, parent relationships, siblings, um, just every relationship. Sure. So a basic one, I would say a foundational one would be to learn what it feels like in your body when it's a yes, when something is a yes for you versus when something is a no for you. And so if this is new to you, then you might want to start paying attention to when you agree with somebody, when somebody asks you for something and you're like, yes, I would love to do that. Or you're like, oh my God, yes, I'm going to order pizza for dinner. Like when something is a big yes to you, start noticing the pattern, like check in with your body. For me, for example, it tends to be in my chest and there tends to be an expansion. There might be some sort of like anticipation, excited butterfly feeling as well. But this varies by person. And then compare that to when it's a no for you. And for me, that tends to be a constriction around the stomach. So once we start paying attention and we can start understanding what is really true for us in the moment, because so many of us will have the automatic, yes. Oh, can you do me a favor? Sure. And then you're kicking yourself in the foot. It's like, oh my God, why did I say yes? I wish I hadn't done this, right? Or if it's with your partner, because maybe you're afraid this person's going to leave you or whatever it is, we have the automatic yes or the automatic, well, especially with the yes, but with the no as well. And when we start increasing that self-awareness at the body level of what it feels like, it becomes easier for us to be like, you know what, maybe I'm going to pause and see how my body feels before I make this decision. And I have found that my body rarely leads me astray. I use my body to help me choose my partner, right? I was like, how do I feel around him? Is is this relationship, is this person a yes to yeah. me? Yes, 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 yes. The apartment I live in was a full body yes to me. When I was looking for apartments last time, I would go into the, the apartments and I would sit alone on the floor. I would tell the realtor, can you leave me here for a few minutes? And I would note, I would pay attention. How does my body feel here? Right, right. How does that land for you? Yeah, that lands beautifully. And I feel like I have gotten to that space and that deep connection with my body that when something is a full body, yes, for me, I literally have 
like right now when you and I are talking right now I have chills in my body <laughs> so that's how my body tells me that what we are talking about right now it's 100% in alignment with me I am so excited so lit up about our conversation that my body it's like this energy is flowing through my body the surge of energy right so for me I know without any doubt when something is a yes for me and something is a no for me um, yes so I feel though that that's a pra practice it happens over time so, it can take right right especially for someone who has had maybe physical abuse maybe sexual trauma um in childhood or any part of their life right um people when they don't feel safe in their body safe with their body what can they do the very first thing what can they do to connect with their body for me i feel maybe it's starting with small things like you said do what do i want to eat for dinner like what's my body craving rather than mentally answering the question in our minds in our head right can i really drop into my body and make choices and decisions from my belly from my gut right so in what do you think um women can start doing like how can what's the first step we can take especially when there is so much um fear of connecting with our body yeah that's such a great point um and a lot of the people I work with, most of the people I work with, when they come to me, they cannot do the yes, no, because they have a lot of numbness in the body. So we have to start way back. Mm -hmm. um, there's a practice that can start teaching you how to get in touch with your sensations. Mm -hmm. That's very simple. And it's you, you open up your palm on one hand, and then with the other hand, you tap your palm with your fingers. And here you start with focusing on the palm that's receiving the taps from your fingers and try to name what you're feeling. Maybe you feel like my fingers are a little chilly so I can feel the coolness of my fingers on my palm. I can feel the movements, the vibration of my hand as the fingers tap it. So seeing how many sensations we can name there and then switch your awareness to the hand that is tapping. And what can that hand feel? My fingers can feel the warmth of my palm. Mm -hmm. There's tingling in my fingers. And so doing this exercise every day for just a few minutes, and then maybe you can switch to tapping your arm, tapping your leg, and the teacher I learned it from, um, Marina Nabao, I think you know her. Yes, I do, yeah. yeah. And the way she teaches it, she's also like, as you do this, you can say, this is my hand. This is my body. You sort of build that connect connectivity with your own body. Again, that ownership, as well as that, that sensitivity, building the awareness of those sensations that so many people lack. I would say that is a really gentle baby step. Yes. And I feel that um, you being a trauma-informed coach has so many benefits to it because somebody who has experienced trauma and, you know, a lot of us, including me, didn't realize that I had been through trauma. Yeah, no it's, kidding. It can be so subtle, right? Right, right. But when you, when women listening to this conversation, I'm sure there might be so many women listening to us talk right now and um, for the first time have this awareness that, oh my God, I may have experienced trauma. And trauma doesn't have to be something 
big. It can be small everyday things like, you know, like in my case, for example, like having a perfectionist mom. Yeah. Yeah. Or an absent parent. Absent parent. Yes. Or a bad breakup. Yeah. Or just this unrealistic expectation, having certain grades, just, you know, just these unrealistic expectations that your caregivers, your parents had of you in childhood. That's traumatic too. Yeah, it's funny. I was talking to my mother about this recently um, because I, I told her about something that happened when I was young that she did that left me with a traumatic memory. And she was like, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, no, you didn't do anything wrong. Like you were, I agree with you. And it was, I was like 13 years old or 11 and my feet were still growing. And so she only wanted to buy me cheap shoes because I was outgrowing them every three months. And so I internalized, I don't deserve quality things. Yes. Right. And she was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I never meant to do that. And I was like, it wasn't your fault. Right. Like, I think it was really smart that you did that. The trauma is not, a, is not about what happened. It's about how you perceive what happened. Right. So even that thing, it's not that my mother hit me. It's not that she did anything right. Like we can receive trauma from things that may seem innocuous because really it's just about how our body receives them at that moment. If they felt overwhelming to us, they're going to register as trauma. Yes, absolutely. So ladies, I cannot emphasize the importance of trauma awareness and then working with a trauma-informed coach because a trauma-informed coach can hold that space for you, that safe, secure space where if in a certain uh, coaching session, the trauma gets triggered and you start to, in some capacity, start to relive the trauma, the coach will have the capability to hold space for you, to hold you, to help you move through that in a safe way. Absolutely. Right? So I know you and I can talk about this for hours and hours and hours, but I wanted to definitely touch on something um, that I um, think I saw on your Instagram feed, maybe about co-creating healthy relationships, right? So you mentioned helping women to co-create healthy, fulfilling relationships. So can you share what co-creating looks like in a practical sense and how one can actively participate in building a healthy partnership. Yeah, I think we can start with that word co-creating because so many women, especially of anxious attachment, who overgive, who overfunction, they try to create the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's remembering that we don't have to work to earn love. We deserve love just because we're here, just because we're alive. We just have to show up, right? Like, yeah, do what we can to be our best selves, our most secure, confident, joyful selves. And then look for a partner who's also in a great place, right? Not a project, right? Someone who can show up and do, we're each doing 100% co-creating. We're not each doing 50%. We do each have to show up fully with 100%. But it's not, we don't have to do the work for them. There are a lot of people who are out there trying to convince their partner to love them mm-hmm. or to stay, to be with them. And that's not, <laughs> that's not the best way to go about it. Right. So that's giving more than 100%, right? That's like 150%. Right. So I think it goes back to what we were talking about before with doing our own inner work. Mm -hmm. right like where are we where do we get triggered where do we have baggage and how can we smooth that over how much of that can we heal so that we can show up better as partners um 
what my partner has told me over and over is his favorite thing about me is that he can come and talk to me about anything. And that's actually my favorite thing about him too. If something is painful, if something, if we need reassurance, if we have a fear, if we have a complaint, we can bring it up. And the other person, even if they get, even if he or I get triggered, we don't blow up. We've done enough in our work that we can be like, sweetheart, thank you so much for letting me know, you know, even if it hurts for me to hear that, I want to hear you out. Tell me more. How do you feel? What would help? Yes. Yes. And how can I make it better for you? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so happy that you are in such a relationship, right? That's Thank such a blessing. Yeah. It is, but it's also not a coincidence. It's no. also not luck. No. Like both he and I have been doing inner work for decades. Right. Right. And it's so important. And I want to emphasize this, that being with someone who's willing to do the work, who mm -hmm. is willing to um, support us in our healing is such a treasure trove. Rather than going out into the dating world with the checklist of the super <laughs> checklist, right? Yeah. Oh, handsome, um, has the same hobbies as me, blah, blah, blah. Can, the list goes on and on and on. Can we go out and seek men who are on their own healing journeys, who are okay? with being vulnerable, sharing their shadow side. And when there is, when either person falls apart, do they have the capacity to hold space for the other person, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's it's when you love yourself enough to do this work yes. that you finally say, you know what, I deserve that. I deserve a partner who's going to hold space for me. I deserve a partner who is a full partner to me, not someone I have to mother, not someone I have to nag or whatever, someone, a full adult who shows up right. and holds up his hand. And that's, that's probably the main reason why I think you do need to love yourself to have extraordinary love, because that's when you actually feel like you deserve it. Absolutely. And that's when it feels enough when somebody is giving us love because we yeah. know ourselves that love, right? Otherwise the man can keep pouring and pouring and pouring. It will never feel enough. If you can't receive it. And you, if you cannot even receive your own love, right? We can, if you can receive our own love, then we can receive love from others. Yeah. So I guess, how do you co-create love? Learn to give and receive healthy love, <laughs> which is a huge thing. But if I have to put it in a nutshell. <laughs> yes. Amen. Amen to that. And I think that is such a beautiful note to end our conversation with. And I am so thrilled that you and I got to have this conversation, this conversation about attachment styles, about uh, somatic healing, about uh, somatic coaching, because I feel that that needs to be the future of love and relationship coaching rather than just talk coaching. Yeah, I think it's here. It's happening and we just need more people to know about it. Right. So we need to spread this message. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So beautiful talking to you, Nat. Tell me, where can women find you? How can they get in touch with you? How can they experience the magic of your work? My main channel right now is Instagram. I'm at notes from a love coach and I'm on TikTok as well. I'm going to add your links to the show notes. So um, women Wait. who are inspired by our conversation today can um, connect with you. 
Thank you. Thank you so much again for um, sharing your beautiful energy with me and with all the women who um, are going to listen to this episode. Thank you. I've got tingles all over as well. <laughs> Thank you for your beautiful light. <laughs> okay, ladies, that's all we have for you today. Until next time, stay raw, stay real, and keep loving bravely. Thank you for joining me today on Raw and Real with Sony Pelty. It's been an incredible journey sharing this time with you, exploring the depths of love and relationships. I hope today's conversation has brought you insights, comfort, or even just a moment of connection. Remember, the path of love and self-discovery is not always easy, but it's a journey worth taking. You are not alone in this. Keep embracing your authentic self and cherish the love that surrounds you in its many forms. If today's episode resonated with you, I'd be honored if you would share it with someone you think might benefit from our community. Don't forget to subscribe for more heartfelt stories and expert advice on navigating love and relationships. And finally, remember, in a world that often feels superficial, there's power in being raw and real. I'm Sony Pelty, and I'll be here waiting for you in our next episode, ready to dive deep once again into the world of love. Until then, take care and keep loving bravely.